Hola, muchachos and chachets. Patrick here, and Lisa's lurking in the shadows. Say hi, Lisa. Hi, Lisa. Today, Lisa and I will be talking about the Duke, Sean Penn, a super helicopter, two cops with a cool ride, a singer with a Woody Woodpecker haircut, and two singers from the 80s with tons of hits, and a whole lot more. And we'll be right back after our totally awesome intro. Welcome to the Pop Ninja Podcast, where we reminisce about the pop culture of the 70s, 80s, and beyond. From bell-bottom jeans to parachute pants, from Panama Jack shirts to members-only jackets, from Smurfs and Scooby-Doo to Thundar the Barbarian. If you had a Rubik's Cube, wore a Swatch Watch, was crazy about Max headroom, or ever wondered who shot JR, then this podcast is where you will feel right at home. Now, jump in the DeLorean time machine and join your hosts, Lisa and Patrick, as they take you on a pop culture adventure through the greatest decades of all time. Hello out there in podcast land, and welcome back to another totally awesome episode of the Pop Ninja Podcast. I'm Patrick Bennett coming to you from the swamplands of Southwest Louisiana. And joining me over Zoom is my partner in crime from the great state of Pennsylvania, the lovely Miss Lisa Everett. Hey, Lisa. Hello, Patrick. Well, we got a, a standard show today. No, no guest stars or anything, but we're going to be talking about a couple of movies, a couple of TV shows, a couple of uh, bands uh, or singers. And some other stuff from the 70s and 80s. Uh, but before we get started, do you want to play a trivia game? I sure do. It's time once again for a round of Super Retro Trivia. Sit down, strap on that thinking cap, and get ready to go. In five, four, three, two, one. Now, I have a trivia question for you related to this. Okay, thing. go ahead. You want me to ask you first? Go ahead. Okay, because this is going to be like something I was going to talk about later in, you know, in our episode here. But I want to know if you know this. Okay, so what are the first names of Starsky and Hutch? Oh, <laughs> I, have no, I have to go back and watch them. I can't remember that. Okay, because I forgot myself. Yeah, you know, I, I, I definitely have to watch it again. What, okay, what's her so, names? Okay. Steve, Steve no. and Roger. <laughs> you know. Oh, okay. Starsky's name is David, and that was Paul Michael Glazier. His name is David, and David Soul, who played Hutch, his name is... Paul. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. I should, that would have that made more sense, wouldn't it? Crisscross yeah. or applesauce, yeah. Yeah, Kenneth. You know? So, Kenneth so, and David. Yeah, but David... Soul, you know, played Kenneth, and uh, you know, Paul Michael Glazier played David Starsky. So, go figure. So when they would say David, 
you know, on the show, you would think like David Soul would be going, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, so right. I don't. That's, know, act- that's why they guess they use last names. Yeah. <laughs> what was the point of making his name the other guy's real name? I don't, I don't know. I don't, you yeah. know what I mean? You could have picked any name. So David and what? And Kenneth. Kenneth. Yeah, I guess the uh, the show would have had the same ring to the name, you know. Instead of Starsky and Hutch, you're watching David and Kenneth. David and Ken. Yeah, David and Ken. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like a Barbie episode. <laughs> Barbie and Barbie. Barbie. Bar- Barbie Dreamhouse. Yeah, Barbie, Barbie Benton shows up as a guest star. She might have. Who knows? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. You ask me. All right. I've got three questions for you, and they're pretty simple. I think they are. I'm going to start off with a math question. Ooh. So, okay. All right. It's pretty easy. Okay. In the, the song where Dolly Parton sings about working a job, what's the total number of hours a day that she works that job? In one day? Yeah. Eight. Awesome. <laughs> See? If people say that that math you learned in school, you would never have to use. Okay, you, well, okay. You just used it. It was called addition. Uh huh. You okay. added numbers. Uh, <laughs> you or, counted you them know, in your brain. Or you can figure that a regular uh, eight-hour day is what most people work working nine to five. Well, you know, I, I work a nine-hour day because they don't give you that lunch break. You know, yeah, that's, that's, that's an extra that's hour. They, they did change hours around. Jimmy works eleven to seven. Yeah. So Jordan's working nine to two today. So it's, you know, I guess, yeah, things are, di- things are different in the um, work field. All right. Well, question, question two. Yeah. What television sitcom was a spinoff of the Cosby show? Different world. Awesome. You're on a Yay. roll here. Roller boogie. All right. Yeah. Number three. How much money did Johnny the paper boy repeatedly demand on the movie Better Off Dead? Two dollars. Awesome. Yeah. Didn't yeah. even have to think about any of those. Yeah. You got them. I mean, I. I mean, I had to think about them, but for a yeah. second, yeah. Mm-hmm. But just for a second. Right. Yeah. You, you shot cookie. I've never even watched that movie the whole way through it either. I just know that that line. So I have it. I should watch it. Yeah. All right. Well, you ready to talk about the Duke? The Duke? Yeah. <laughs> the Duke. Okay. I, I take it that's your movie? I'm not talking about the Duke of Earl. I'm talking about the Duke, John Wayne, the Duke. Oh, that's who's in this movie. Oh, yeah. You I, didn't know? No, you know what? I say you're, No, I thought it was a toy that my kid wrote. In. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I want to talk about the 1971 movie, Big Jake, which is my favorite John Wayne movie. Okay. John Fane. John Fane stops at Ming. Bank robberies, train robberies, and killing. Fane and his gang raided the McCandles Ranch and kidnapped little Jake McCandles. 
they held him for one million dollars in ransom. They weren't afraid of the army, and they weren't afraid of the Texas Rangers. And they thought his grandfather, Big Jake McCandles, was dead. He wasn't. It took a million dollar kidnapping to bring Big Jake back home to his family, to his son, James. Good morning, Daddy. Daddy? Daddy. Daddy. Well, son, since you haven't learned to respect your elders, it's time you learn to respect your betters. His son, Michael. You hurt? No. And to his wife, Martha. I was wrong. You haven't changed, have you, Jacob McCandles? Not one bit. Big Jake took his two sons, a half-blind Apache and a wild dog, deep into Mexico. One way or another, they had to pay off John Fane and his gang. You got to deliver that box to us. You got to put it right in our hands. Somebody takes that box away from you. We won't be understanding. We won't wait. We won't try again. I'll just send that boy's body back to you in a basket. You understand? Every cutthroat killer, every two-bit thief tried getting that red box. Instead, they got Big Jake and his two sons. There's a little eight-year-old boy somewhere out there, scared and lonely and probably wondering what's happened to his world. We came here to find him and take him home, alive if possible. Now you understand. Anything goes wrong, anything at all. Your fault, my fault, nobody's fault. It don't matter. I'm gonna blow your head off. It's as simple as that. So one night in May, Big Jake McCandles had a final showdown with John Fane and his gang. Who are you? Jacob McCandle. I thought you was dead. Not hardly. And uh, it starred John Wayne, of course. Uh, Maureen O'Hara, who was he? She was John Wayne's leading uh, lady in two other of his movies too, McClintock and The Quiet Man. Mm -hmm. And uh, and the villain in this movie is Richard Boone, which uh, he was in that old '50s TV western called Have Gun Will Travel. Mm -hmm. His name on there was uh, Paladin. And okay. if, if you watch uh, Stand by Me. They're singing the theme song to that while they're uh, walking along the railroad tracks. Have gun, we'll travel, reads the card of a man. A knife without armor in a savage land. His fast gun for hire, he's the calling wind. A soldier of fortune, he's a man called Paladin. Oh, okay. Yeah, anyway, a little, little extra trivia. But, uh... Yeah, but also this movie, it uh, it co-starred John Wayne's uh, son Patrick Wayne, and it and he played John Wayne's son in the movie, and it 
also co-starred uh, Robert Mitchum's son, Christopher Mitchum, and they both played John Wayne's uh, sons. And uh, Bobby Vinton was in it. He played the son of John Wayne. And what year are you talking? This is. This was uh seventy one. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then another uh, of John Wayne's real life sons was in it. Uh, it played the little boy. He played John Wayne's grandson in the movie. So uh, this is a family affair, you know? Yeah. And this was a really cool Western because um, unlike most Westerns that were set like in the 1800s, this one was set in the early 20th century. So uh, you had er very early automobiles, motorcycles, but it was still a Western, you know, you had, cowboys and gunslingers all that old west towns but you saw a couple of cars a couple of motorcycles so uh -huh. you, you can see technology was, was uh you know changing so you know it was a turn of the century uh type western right. but, uh, but anyway john he john wayne plays uh big jake mccandles and uh, that's why it's called big jake and he's this gunfighter and he sets out on a mission to uh rescue his grandson who's been uh basically kidnapped by a gang of outlaws and is being held for uh, ransom. So his, his two sons go along to help him uh, rescue the boy. And this was a very gritty Western. And John Wayne was at the top of his game in this one. I loved it. Uh, he plays a mean, tough, ruthless cowboy. And he pretty much stopped at nothing uh, to rescue his grandson. So, But his, uh, his sons in the film, like I said, is played by Patrick Wayne and uh, Chris Mitchum. They were uh, a fun part of the movie, and especially Mitchum. Uh, he rode a motorcycle, and he carried a pistol that actually, it wasn't like a six-gun, you know, like the Cowboys carry. It actually had a clip, and it was an automatic pistol. So, like I said, you know, you're, you're watching a turn-of-the-century uh, Western. Mm -hmm. And uh, But anyway, uh, this was a very slick Western, and it's one of my favorite John Wayne films of all time, and I highly recommend it. For anybody to watch it, if you, especially if you haven't seen a John Wayne movie, experienced him on the you know big screen or small screen, uh, this is a good one to start with. So okay, yeah, I like that, Maureen Mira. Yeah, too. she's she's good. She looked like my my grandma looked like her. Oh yeah, was, yeah. And uh, I she I've seen her in many many other uh, movies. That one movie that I like that she was in is How Green Was My Valley. Yeah, she's a one. she's a good actress. Yeah, she was in The Hunchback in Notre Dame, too. And I, I always wondered if her and uh, the Duke had a thing going, you know. Oh, she was screen. in um, uh, Miracle on 34th Street, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love her. Yeah. All right. that, that's all I got to say about this movie, but that's not all I got to say about the Duke, because uh, we'll bring him up again, because I, I love okay. I love his westerns. Yeah. I, even, I even collect a lot of his uh, merchandise. Oh, cool. I don't know if I've ever watched a John Wayne movie from beginning to end ever. Never. I don't think I have. I knew I knew, I need to. Um, yeah. You know what? I think I might may have seen pieces of like a few of them, but uh, never. I don't know any. And you know what? I kind of do know this name of this now. I did not know if it, if I would have known if it was John Wayne, I might have. You know, uh, but I, when just looking at the title, Big Jake, it, it kind of threw me off because I was think I was thinking John Wayne's. You know. You're doing 1971, but you know I was thinking even further back for him. So oh really? Yeah. yeah. So, but uh, um, I guess he was a bad boy. <laughs> yeah, very bad boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He seems to be a bad boy. Yeah. Which you know, want me to talk about mine? You ready? Yeah. yeah go ahead. Yeah. 
Well, you know, I'm talking about the movie Bad Boys uh, with Sean Penn. Okay, so and you had just posted, you know, about this movie on on the Pop Ninja page, and I thought, wow, I, I hope you, you know it's because you really like this movie because then it's like could be one of the first movies, or in the like maybe the first five movies maybe that we both um, yeah. really like. Yeah. So. Once little boys grew up to be reliable and hardworking. But now, in their world, respect has to be earned and kept by a lethal combination of money and violence. Bad boys. Meet Michael O'Brien. I don't want you to die. Nothing's gonna happen to me. He loves JC and the excitement of being somebody that matters. We're gonna be in and out of there so fast. Like that. Bad boys. juvenile facility that means you are not in charge of the zoo we are come on let's go bad boys so how do you like it so far do your time clean and you walk any trouble and you could grow old in here jack there's only one person left who believes Mick O'Brien can make it. Mick O'Brien. Life has pushed him into a corner. And he's coming out fighting. Bad boys. In a detention center, time stands still. But O'Brien won't stand for the arrival of a sworn enemy. You know, depending on who's gonna kill who, Moreno's the odds-on favorite. He's gonna kill you. That's what he says. Oh, let me tell you something, Maricon, you're already dead. Bad Boys, a story of the survival of the fittest. Every day is a duel of strength against weakness. Bad Boys. You like it? Yeah, it was a good movie. Okay, because I loved it. And But every time I see I, I see on TV that Bad Boys is on, I think it's the one with, uh, it, it turns out to be the one with Will Smith. Yeah. Never this one, but I have this one on DVD. This one is from 1983, and it stars Sean Penn, and Ali Sheedy plays his girlfriend. And uh, you say his name, Asai, Asai Morales? You know, is that how you say um, the, the guy that played Paco? Right, actor? right, yeah. Asaya? Yeah, I don't know how you say his first name, but I know um, you're talking about. Yeah, he's he's in it, and uh, Sean Penn plays Mick O'Brien, and he's a troubled teenager, and that's what it's why they're bad boys. You know, they're all like getting into trouble, and it kind of shocked me that Ali Sheedy's his girlfriend because she seems to come from like a kind of decent family, and his friend is Alan Ruck, who right. was in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Cameron, you know? yeah, and, yeah. And um, they just don't seem like they're they're bad, you know, like that bad. I mean, they're regular like high school kids. They're going to school, you know, and then they're out there on the streets getting involved in like drug deals and, you know, um, uh, you know, the uh, Asaya Morales that plays Paco is almost like um, his, you know, his rival kind of. Um, they right. they have a you know already have a a thing going on, and then. Um, this one, it starts off at the beginning where uh, Mick and his friend, they go uh, to try and steal drug money 
from this like other gang, which is, you know, Paco and his little brother, Paco's little brother goes out with them. Um, and he, he gets in the middle of it and uh, Mick ends up running him over with his car and killing him. And, he, and so he had already been in big, deep trouble, you know, and uh, had been in and out of juvenile detention. And then this is the one that like kind of sent them to an actual like prison. And it's kind of a, a I mean, it's a, for ju juveniles, it's a pretty hardcore place they go to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's really, it's a very well acted movie. It's very gritty. Um, and when he's there, he gets his roommate named Horowitz. You remember Horowitz? Yep. That he, he's in there for um, setting a bomb off and killing people. Um, yep. I mean, they all are doing, you know, adult crimes. <laughs> so it's, they're pretty bad. <laughs> so Bad boys. Um, they're bad boys and um the guy that um the guy that plays the, the I, i'm trying to think of what his name is um he's the one he's the bad guy uh that, that him and the other they, they, there's a guy i think they call him um uh what's his name i went blank in, in my head but uh um, you know who the two the blonde guy the blonde guy and then there's the other guy and they they kind of pick with pick on mick and then he has to fight them, yeah. and there is that this and and it's there they 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 become the barn boss, you know, the, the, they're like the head of everything, and they have and he fights these guys with the with pop cans. The one guy oh yeah that on, on coke the cans he, yeah he puts them yeah and he <laughs> not pop uh, cans coke cans yeah he beats the you know, crap out of them you know yeah. because they keep picking on him and picking on him and then he fights them and then he's like the head you know mix like the head and he. He's like, um, he's like doing really well, like in prison with trying to like just do his time and get out. But while he's in prison, that Paco um, decides to like seek revenge on on him for killing his brother, and he rapes Ali Sheedy, and he's just about to kill her when he gets caught by the cops, and then he gets uh, taken to prison, and they they don't have anywhere else to send him, and they know that it's going to be a a really bad situation because of the uh, rivalry and because of what you know, went down between the two of them. And so they're working really hard to get him out of there. But in the meantime, you know, Mick has to kind of keep his cool uh, because he doesn't want to get into it and get more time on his sentence. And uh, Paco just keeps taunting him, you know. And then, uh, you know, R Renee San Santoni, he's in it. He plays the count one counselor in prison. I always liked him as an actor. He was in one of the um, Dirty Harry movies. You know who I mean, right? I'm trying to picture him. The plays the counselor. Um, he just died in 2020, and I always liked him. Um, but he's he's like the the, the counselor, and he kind of tries to talk to Mick and tries to tell him to keep his cool. You know, he's the one that they bonk him on the head with. You know, when it's there at the end, and when they get into it there. And I don't know that I should say what happens at the end because you know this is a movie that. I don't know if a lot of people know about it. it I don't, you know, it, um, I know that the, some trivia about it is that when they were filming this escape scene in it, Sean Penn actually broke his ankle, which halted the shooting for three months. And, uh, you know, they, they were filming in St. Uh, Charles, um, Illinois, which is like a, a, a suburb west of Chicago. They employed like 40 residents as extras in the movie. So it's it's a really good it's I, I like those prison movies I, and it's it's one of my favorites, I really like it. Yeah, it's really Anything good. Wanna, 
I don't want to tell the end of it because you have to see if like um, you know what happens to the two of them. They get into they get they get into it, you know. Yeah. And what you know, it kind of has a kind of shocking ending. You know, because you think one thing and then it's like another. You know, so the way it's filmed. Yeah. Have you seen it lately? It's been a while. Yeah. Um, uh, why'd you put it? Why'd you post it on the, the thing? What made you think of of that movie? I was just thinking about it. I remember renting it on uh, VHS back in the the days of VHS. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because um, I didn't know if you had just seen it recently, and that's what that's what made you post about it, or if it, if it was something that you really liked. Um, the the guy that I was trying to think of, his name's Clancy Brown. He played. Um, oh yeah, like, Clancy. He was in Highlander. Yeah. Yeah. Played the Kurgan in Highlander. Yeah, and he was he was awful. Like was in the Starship movie. Troopers. Yeah, he's yeah. he's been a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So he was bad. He was he was the the bad bad guy. <laughs> the bad bad boy him you know and he gave me the creeps in that movie yeah he played that he played that part really good and there's a scene where like horowitz hooks up his um his his like boom box thing you know and he puts a bomb in it mm-hmm. do you remember that scene yeah yeah and uh and it's playing the song um it's playing a song by the little river band and so every time i hear that song i think of that movie yeah i think it's nine owls do you remember that I don't remember the song playing. Okay. Oh yeah. I just remember that scene and it, cause it was, you know, like, wow, you know, and, uh, because that Horowitz was like this little genius, you know, he could make all these things and, you know, booby trap stuff. And, and there he is in prison, you know, he didn't yeah. seem to fit. He wasn't like, he was like, it, it, he had, uh, he was really smart, you know, and you would think that, uh, you know, he would have stayed away from, you know, doing bad stuff, but he didn't. So, it's a really good. It's a good, really good movie. I highly recommend it. Watch it. Let's talk about some TV. Okay. I want to talk about, and I don't even remember. Yeah, I do. I think it came out like mid eighties, like around eighty four. Because mm-hmm. I, I think we we're in high school. Uh, Airwolf. <laughs> Jan Michael Vincent. Yes. yes. I just taped the t- movie of his off TV that I have not um, ever not seen yet. I have it taped, um, like DVR'd it. And uh, I liked him back then, but when you see what happened to him. Yeah, very sad. Sad, sad. Yeah. But yeah. Airwolf, back in 84, th- this was one of the coolest TV shows ever made. And I, I will go out on the limb here and say, it's in my top five TV shows of all time. Wow. Yeah. And unlike my one hit wonders, you know, this one ran for three seasons from 84 to 86. And then there was a fourth season by a different production company and cheaper budget and an all new cast and all new storyline. And they totally bombed it. 
but uh, but yeah, that was the fourth season that nobody likes to talk about. But oh. uh, yeah, but the series it was created by Donald P. Belisario. I know you know who that is. Oh yeah, no. Uh, and and he he did like Battlestar Galactica, Tales of the Gold Monkey. Oh, Quincy, okay. No. Magnum yeah. PI, Quantum Leap. Mm-hmm. Just a bu- bunch of great shows that he was responsible for, you know, for creating and producing and stuff. Uh, but like you said, it starred Jan Michael Vincent, and uh, his character's name was cool. It was Stringfellow Hawk. Wow. And at the time of the series, uh, Jan Michael Vincent was the highest paid TV actor. Really? Ever. Yep, yep. Well, then that makes it even more sad of how his life ended. Oh, yeah. You know, because... Yeah. Yeah, but I tell you, wow. um, I mean, he was great in the series, but even you know, just as great was his co-star Ernest Borgnine and Alex wow. Cord, who and uh, also the the female in the series was was Jean Bruce Scott. I don't know if you know who she is. She was also on Magnum PI. She she played in a lot of uh, shows and movies in the in the eighties. Uh, yeah, what happened to her? She's still around. I follow her on Facebook. Oh. Okay. But, uh, but Alex Cord, uh, he was the guy dressed from head to toe in white. He had the white fedora and he walked with a cane. Yeah. I don't know if you remember him? He had an eye patch. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah I, I can, I can pick, Yeah. Pick him. I, my dad took him fishing here in Louisiana. And, what? Uh, yeah. He came and visited and uh, I got to hang out with him and talk he to him. He came to visit who? He came to visit his agent, his, his uh, literary agent who lives in Louisiana close by where my dad uh, taught, well, not taught, but was the principal of the high school. Yeah. And the people knew my dad was a big fan of Western, so they invited him to come over to, and have dinner and that with Alex Cord. And my dad took me along with him because I wasn't going to take no for an answer. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we got to got to hang out with him. Like how long ago was that? Oh, it was in the 90s. Okay. I want to say mid-90s, like 95, Is he still 96. around? Is he still alive? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, okay. he, he, he authors books now, but he lives in Texas and he's like, uh, he has a horse ranch and uh, he's an author, but uh, cool. pretty cool guy. Yeah, I got to meet him then. And, and then uh, a few years later, well, actually several years later, I, I met him again when I lived in Dallas at a book signing. Dallas? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, but yeah, he's a pretty cool guy. But, uh, but Airwolf, if anybody hasn't seen it, it it's a top secret government advanced, uh, I guess, combat helicopter. And uh, I mean, it, it's so top secret that nobody knows about it except the government. But uh, some terrorists, th- there was a guy on the team that like created Airwolf that was actually uh, in this terrorist organization. So uh, he steals it and brings it to the, the Mideast and uh, Stringfellow Hawk and, and, uh, Dominic Santini was Ernest Borgnine's name on the show. They have to go to the Middle East and uh, steal it back. But uh, but instead of returning it to the government agency known as the firm, they decide to uh, hide the helicopter in a cave out in the desert. And in exchange for the government searching for Stringfellow's uh, brother that was MIA in Vietnam, if the government would start looking for him seriously, then uh, – Stringfellow and Santini, they'll, they'll use the helicopter to do dangerous, like top secret missions for the firm. They won't let the firm know where the helicopter's at. This briefing.
Greeting is from file A56-7W. Classified top secret subject is Airwolf, a Mach 1 Plus attack helicopter with the most advanced weapon system in the air today. It has been hidden somewhere in the western United States by its test pilot, Stringfellow Hawk. Hawk has promised to return Airwolf only if we can find his brother, Sinjin, an MIA in Vietnam. We suspect that Archangel, deputy director of the agency that built Airwolf, is secretly helping Hawk in return for Hawk's flying Airwolf on missions of national concern. Stringfellow Hawk is 34, a brilliant combat pilot and a recluse since his brother's disappearance. His only friend is Dominic Santini, whose air service is the cover for their government work. With Hawk and Santini flying as a team at speeds rivaling the fastest jets, backed by unmatched firepower, Airwolf is too dangerous to be left in unenlightened hands. Finding it is your first priority. I mean, that would never happen today because, you know, they would have like all kind of locators and cameras. (laughs) Right. Yeah. yeah, So, (laughs) but for the time, it was cool. You know, the 80s, mid mid 80s. Yeah. But I I never met Jan Michael Vincent. Always Mm -hmm. wanted to, but I I did get to mail off some stuff and get his autograph on it. Oh, did Uh, you? Yeah. And I I met Ernest Borgnine. You mean you mailed him the stuff and he mailed it back to you? Well, he was appearing at this uh, California convention and they had a mail-in offer. Oh, okay. They had, they had him sign it at the convention and then they sent it back to Oh, him. that's cool. Yeah, because yeah. uh, he was such in bad health. And, I mean, he yeah, lost, he was. He lo- I know he lost leg. a leg and he yeah. had been in that bad motorcycle wreck and uh, yeah. messed him up a big time. Yeah, that movie that I was saying that I recorded, it's called White Line Fever. Oh, yeah. About the truck driver? Yeah. Yeah, I like it's that. It's from 1975. I've never seen it. So yeah, it, I got on DVD. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's about. Uh, it says it's about some an independent long haul driver and right. fighting the corruption in the long uh, local long hauling trucking industry. Yeah, yeah. Cool. and I was thinking when I read about what it was about that that's up your alley there. Yeah. 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 Anyway, uh, back to Airwolf. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no, I'll just play it. Uh, this is uh, because like it was it was the seventies when this came yeah. out before. Yeah, but so. I, I got to meet Ernest Borgnine just in the nick of time. I, I met him uh, just a couple of weeks before he died oh my at, a, at a convention in Dallas. And uh, and I had I him sign some there. photos and posters. And uh, I even had him sign a model helicopter of uh, Airwolf. But, uh, oh, that's cool. I also, you know, like I said, I got to meet Alex Cord, who played the, the director of the firm. And, and they called him in the show, they called him Archangel. That was his code name, government code name. Cool. But uh, I was talking about how they had that fourth season. Yeah, man, it, it was so terrible. And I, I'll tell you who it starred, and, and you'll know who I'm talking about. Barry Van Dyke. You remember him? He was Dick Van Dyke's son. Still is. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, he had some shows in the uh, I know who you mean. 80s. I, I think he was even on one of the shows with his dad where, where his dad played yeah. like a like a doctor or something. And okay, I think I remember seeing his son on the like co-starring with him. He didn't but it, take over Jan Michael Vincent's role, did he? He did. And oh. not only did he take it over, he played Sinjin Hawk, who was Stringfellow's missing brother, who the firm was trying to oh. find for him. Yeah. Uh-huh. But and now he was the pilot of Airwolf. But uh, and Why then did the, Michael Benson leave? Do you know? Well, it, and this I mean, fans were so mad because uh, we don't know why Jan Michael Vincent left the show, but. It was, it was most likely the budget because, you know, like I said, he was the highest paying actor on television. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But in the show, in the in that fourth season, they say that Stringfellow got killed. Oh. So, you know, we didn't want that to happen to our hero, no. you know. Right. So that, that, that made, you know, that, that was just bad. And then yeah. they, they killed off uh, 
Santini's uh, character. Yeah, nobody liked this fourth season. It, it was just complete bull. Oh. But anyway, um, Barry Van Dyke played Stringfellow's missing brother, and he he flew the helicopter. And the, the co-pilot was a uh, it was this girl who was supposed to be uh, Ernest Borgnine's character's uh, niece, and she uh-huh. took over. Like Ernest Borgnine owned like a uh, little private, kind of like Sandpiper Air, you know, like on uh, wings, like yeah, a little private yeah, airport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, he owned a little private helicopter service. And uh, anyway, he left it to his niece. And, and so it brought her in. So, you know, they kind of kept the gist of the characters, but it was their family now taking over for them. Mm-hmm. But uh, and then there was a guy named, uh, I don't know how you pronounce his name, Geriant Wynn Davies, Geraint, Geriant. Geraint. Geraint, maybe. Uh, we have an issue with pronouncing people's names. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah. he, he played this cop who knew about Airwolf, and uh, he helps him out on missions. And But anyway, I, I can sum up that fourth season. It was total crap. There you go. Stinky. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So what, watch seasons one through three, and then hang it up. Don't even, don't even venture out in that uh, fourth one. I'll tell yeah. you something really bad about it. You know, I said how low budget it was. Yeah, they didn't even bother filming like new footage of the helicopter flying, and you know they they just used stock footage from the other three seasons. I mean, horribly done. Uh huh. Horrible. Yeah. Oh well. But that's hey, all I gotta can, say about that. You yeah. Should, uh, take pictures of the stuff that Ernest Borgnine signed and put. Yeah. If on I, that. Yeah. Yeah. I can do that. Yeah. Do that when this comes out. When you put this one out, because I know that was a big show. I remember the name of it. It's just it's one of them shows that was like a more like for guys i think than for the time period for me of what where i was in life then you know so yeah but i knew of it i heard of it i mean it, i knew it was big it, so. and as you just heard that awesome theme song to it <laughs> yeah. it, it had one of the best theme songs you know I, I say one of the best you know there was a lot of 70s and 80s shows with great great music great theme songs yeah. Yeah. But, but this one, you know, it's all instrumental, but uh, it was really, really good. Yeah. 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 I think Starsky, Starsky and Hutch has a good theme song, too. They do. Speaking yeah. of, you want to talk yeah. about them? Well, I, I honestly, I can't believe we haven't discussed them yet. Yeah, you know? there's some good ones. And uh, I, I mean, I, you, ha- you, you did watch it, right? All the time. But we didn't know their names. <laughs> we didn't know their first and, names. And you know what I'm going to say? Mm-hmm. Not only did I watch it, I pretended yeah. to be Starsky. Yeah. I oh okay. Uh, you did, huh? Why Starsky, not Hutch? Well, I, I could be both of them. You know. Okay. I, I should have called myself like Hutchkey or something. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I didn't know this was this show was on for four seasons. It was on from 1975 to 1979. And I loved it. And I don't remember if I, I, you know, knew, just knew of it in the seventies 
um, and saw pieces of it because I always would see them on TV on stuff too, you know, and just in the TV guides and all that stuff. But I may not have watched it from beginning to end until I got it on DVD and then watched it with my son, you know, and he loved it because it is like a, it's a, I mean, they're cops, you know, they're, they're partners, you know, they're police detectives in Southern California. And Paul Michael Glazier is David Michael Starsky. So I guess they kept his middle name, you know, and gave him David Soul's first name. So he's, um, he, I guess he's a Brooklyn transplant and he's a U.S. Um, Army veteran. And he, and, um, and then his partner is Kenneth Richard Hutch Hutchinson. It's played by David Soul. And he's divorced and he's blonde. You know, they're like, he, you know, Starsky's the dark haired one. You know, David Soul, you know, Hutch is the blonde. Um, and he's he's from uh, Minnesota. And they, I guess, they, so they're both transplanted there to uh, California. So, um, you know, it says that they, it said, you know, what I read about it, that they, that some of the uh, plots about them were based on uh, these two uh, real life New York uh, detectives, Lou Talano and John Seppe. You know, so I didn't know that. I didn't know that they did that. So I wonder if those are the guys that they made that TV movie about called uh, Batman and Robin, the super cops or something like that. Um, I don't know. I know that they yeah. actually later sued Aaron Spelling for, um, and they settled out of court for $10,000 each for, um, uh, you know, their, their, uh, they, cause they, the production team had spent a lot of time with them and, uh, I, you know, and I guess uh, maybe they want to compensate it, I guess. So, um, you know, and we did this, we talked about the car, you know, what, yeah, you know, that's such a sweet yeah. car. Yeah. Yeah. And we I'll tell about you, that. it was a, a Grand Torino. Yep. Two door. Yeah. yeah. And my, my, my dad had one when I was in the, I guess probably fifth grade, sixth grade around there. Uh-huh. And, uh, his was green with the white stripe and, uh, we got T-bone in it at a red light and, uh, spun around yeah. several times and shook me up pretty bad. But, uh, the car was totaled. Um, that was that was a good. My dad loved that car. I loved the car. When I said I used to pretend to be, you know, Sarsky, I used to sit in that car and pretend I was driving it. And yeah. my, my dad had a CB, and I pretend I was, you know, calling headquarters. And yeah, and, and then I pretend I came to a stop and I jump out the car. You know, had my my little dark pistol and stuff. Yeah, but yeah, but that car was a, a big part of my uh, my childhood. Yeah, the, my dad the, had the, the an actual old El Camino. One, yeah. Oh, El Camino. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what are you going to say? What your, it was a big part of your childhood? And... Yeah, the actual card that my dad had and the one from the movie. I mean, yeah. both of them. Yeah. Do you know what the they nicknamed that car? Jellyfish. <laughs> no. If you think about it and you look at it, it you could almost, uh, you could almost the, come up with it. Something about the striped tomato. Yeah. Really? Where'd you get that from? I was thinking about it. it was red, tomato red, and it had a stripe <laughs> yeah. on it. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. That was the nickname for it. Striped tomato? The striped tomato. And cool. Hutch, ma- Hutch named it that in an episode called The Snowstorm. Uh, so fans used to call it that. That's cool. I can't believe you, you come up with that. Yeah, I need yeah. to. Uh, I wonder if, I guess you could stream this show, but I don't, I don't know if you got to pay for it or if you can find it free. Well, you get it, and I got it on DVD on the whole entire yeah. series. Yeah, I need to get yeah. it again and start start watching it. Yeah, because it had uh, you know Huggy Bear in it. it was Antonio Huggy Vargas. Bear. You know, I watched yeah. the movie just the other night, and uh, Vargas Ew. was in, was in there. Movie? Yeah, 
Oh, no. yeah, he had a cameo, but why would you say? I thought you hated the movie. No, it was, no, no, no. It was a Starsky and Hutch movie. I watched a movie that he had a guest star. He, he was, oh, oh, okay. I'm trying no, to think I thought you meant the Starsky and Hutch movie because did he didn't he have a um um a, a cameo in the movie? I don't I remember. I don't. I, I, no, I, I didn't watch it. I know Snoop Dogg played him in the movie. Yeah, but uh, yeah. I'm trying to think what that movie was. He played very similar character. Because as soon as I saw him, I was like, "That's Huggy Bear." Because you know yeah. he's he's wearing the big wide brim. Oh, I did see him on something recently too. He I, had a cane. I saw, saw him. Yeah. Well, he's in. Uh, I'm gonna get you, sucker. Yeah. 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 But uh, he was. I just watched him the other night on an episode of Love Boat. Oh, that. you know what it was in? What? You know what he was in? After we did our recording the other day about uh, uh, yeah. the Night Stalker. Oh. I, I went and looked up on TV to see if I could find some. Yeah. And you can watch them for free on, on like two or three different uh, streaming outlets. And I started watching the first episode or the second one and uh, Huggy Bear is in it. Vargas is in it. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I saw him. Yeah. It wasn't a movie. It was a Night Stalker episode. Um, did you know that in the movie that, uh, I mean, in the movie, in the series uh, that the, the, um, whole backseat of their car was so, so such a mess that they couldn't actually transport prisoners. Oh, really? And the two, and, and the two of them at the same time. Yeah. Why yeah, I don't know if that was... Seat in there? I don't know. You know, it's like... Um, I mean, it's Hollywood. Okay, they can actually, afford it. That was... Okay, you know who... who, who you know which one... What did, did I say this yet? Which one actually had the Grand Torino? Was it Starsky or Hutch? Did you know? You talking about real life or... No, no, on the show. Who, do you know who? Uh, who which one of them actually owned that one? I don't remember. It was Starsky's. Yeah, I hadn't seen yeah, because it because Touch time. had a battered tan 1973 Ford um, uh, Galaxy 500, hmm. and that's why that's the one. Okay, that is it. That, okay, I got it. I, I it it wasn't the Grand Torino that was all cluttered. It was his. It was his vehicle. Okay. It was all a mess. That's why they used the Grand Torino because that makes more sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, I should have, uh, you know, thought Okay, that and you're talking about in, in the, the storyline. You're not talking about an actual life. No. no yeah, that's what I thought. That's why I said Hollywood could afford to put a new seat in there. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, I no. thought you meant I the actual car. My, um, I, I, got, I started at the, be, uh, at the end and worked my way backwards. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no, it was, that was the reason in the show that, um, they use the Grand Torino all the time. So I remember like some episodes. I remember one where like David Soul played a big brother. I remember his apartment, you know, and it had all these plants in it and it was very 70s. Um, I don't really remember. I remember that was Hutch's apartment that I can uh, picture more. I don't remember Starsky where, what, where he lived, you know, but I um, always liked the, uh, I, I just, I, I don't know. I like the feel of that show, you know, they, they seem like two nice guys and I mean, I'm glad they're both still alive. They're, they're, uh, you know, they've had some, a lot of, you know, Hutch's, David Soul had a lot of issues. I remember um, back in, in like, I don't know if it was like the late seventies when he came, he was singing songs too. And he sang that song, Don't Give Up On Us. Huh. And the reverse side was Black Bean Soup. It was one of the first 45 records I ever owned. Wow. You remember that? No, I don't. It was like a big hit for him. Yeah, it was. I remember that I was probably, I was really really young, um, probably maybe seven or eight, maybe when when that song came out. Me too. I can pick, 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 pick the song or the show. My age. 
Yeah. Oh, you're the same, <laughs> same, time, same age as I was. Yeah. At the same time. Yeah. You sure were. Yeah. So yeah, I just remember playing that on one of those little, remember those little record players that were like, almost like they look like they're plastic. They were like the little kid record players you could put your Oh yeah. On. Like a little Fisher Price almost. Yeah. 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 For a record player, but played perfectly fine. I remember having one and I remember playing that record on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I used to play like Disney records on it too. It used to be like all the Disney songs, like the from like Lady and the Tramp and the different movies. You know, I played them on my little record player too. Cool. So, and then any ones I could fish out of a cereal box. Yeah. So, but do you have anything else you want to add to? No, I, I'm just. Uh, I I really need to go watch it again. I'll tell you what I've been watching. Yeah. I, I've been on a chips kick <laughs> since we recorded that that episode. Okay. Yeah. So I, I'm like on. Uh, about nine episodes in the chips. And, and then today I took a break from chips and I started watching Hunter. Remember that? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I so we'll, we'll have to talk about Hunter coming up soon, but uh, yeah, yeah, you know I what? Because we, we're going to do a, a talk about uh, eight is enough uh, coming up. I want to yeah. talk about that show and I haven't seen it in a long time either. And I had planned this week to like start it from beginning uh, and get through some and get some kind of, um, you know, like a, a refresher, you know, on it, but I haven't got to do it yet. So, uh, you know, just have to go with my memory on stuff that's um, hazy. My, my memory is not like yours on the specifics of, you know, these shows. I mean, I remember them and I loved them and I thought I had a good memory, but not like you do, you know? Mm. So yeah, I need to like re refresh it. You know, I just have the nostalgic feel of, I remember I loved it, <laughs> you know? So yeah. But um, yeah, I'll have to get on that here maybe later tonight. So yeah, so want, yeah, it was a great show. Yeah, I loved it. I can't you believe want, it was only four seasons. Yeah, it seemed in my mind it seems like it was it lasted on for forever. Yeah. yeah, but it was only in the seventies too. It only lasted to seventy nine. Yeah. So no eighties for Starsky and Hutch. It was a totally seventies uh, show. So, well. You want to talk about somebody who was in the 70s and 80s and the 60s? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I sure do. Wake up, Maggie. I think I got something to say to you. It's late September and I really should be back at school. I know I keep you amused. Let's talk about some music now. And uh, I want to talk about Rod Stewart. Yeah. Or his, his actual name. He, he is now, he, he's been knighted over in England. So he is Sir Roderick David Stewart. Roderick? Okay, yep. I didn't know that. Yep. Okay. And uh, he's 76 this year and still oh, rocking I away. I had no idea he was that old. Yep. He How, pretty good. How old do you think he was? I don't know. Maybe 70. You know, not, not a day over 75. Not a day over 70. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I knew he, I figured he was out of his 60s because I just have to go by like our age and like 
uh, how old I was back then, you know, trying to picture sure. in my mind what how he what old he was. And I'm, I'm telling you, just because you said that you were going to talk about him, um, I would have been watching like a bunch of videos of him in cool. just the last couple of days. And, you know, I mean, he he still has the blonde spiky hair. I don't know if that's his real hair. I can't. Yep, that Woody Woodpecker hairstyle he always yeah. had. Yeah. I know. And, and, but he, he had, it was very, I don't know. He almost had this kind of feminine like uh, feel to him at times, but, uh, but he, you know, he, you know, he just, he, he was so unique, you know, so unique looking, I guess he was his own thing. You he know? wore some he crazy clothes too. Yeah. I mean, he, I was, I was watching that video for passion and he had a, a pair of black and white striped pants on <laughs> those little skin tight yeah <laughs> up and down and i kept thinking how come i was waiting for his pants to split you know and they never did so i don't know what they were made yeah. out of but yeah yeah but i remember my one aunt just loved him and it, it would be he would be on at night on uh like uh, friday night videos or something right and i just remember always watching if you want my body and you think i'm sexy you yeah. know that was like one of the first songs i ever uh, and I'm it. sure I don't have to say if, if you know who we're talking about, I'm sure everybody knows Rod Stewart. Yeah, he, he was a uh, he still is a Brit, British rock singer and songwriter. And uh, he grew up in London. And, uh, you know, the best description, he, he's known for that raspy voice he had, which was yeah, an awesome, awesome sound, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, And he was one of the top selling rock artists of all time. Said yeah, uh, I, I read his stats and it said something like. Uh, over 250 million records worldwide that he sold. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's he a had lot. a ton of hit songs. Yeah, he had uh, 10 number one albums and uh, 16 top 10 singles in the U.S. And, yeah. and, and out of those top uh, 10, four of them were number one songs on the Billboard. Do you know what they were? I didn't look it up. Oh, what were your favorite songs? Oh man, he has too many to name, but I I know right off uh, Maggie May was a good one. Yeah, Young Turks. The Tonight I'm Yours. Tonight the, the, the night. first cuts the deepest. Uh, Some guys have all the luck. What was that? Have I told hotel. you lately? Have I told you lately that yeah. I love you? Yeah. yeah. Um, love touch. That 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 was one of the ones that I just uh, uh, had to relive again because I it it was from the um, the soundtrack to legal eagles and we were actually going to watch oh, that yeah. last night we're going to watch it tonight because i've never seen it do you but, think i'm uh, sexy yeah i'm not asking i'm, I'm, I'm telling <laughs> y'all i'm a sexy beast no. <laughs> okay you're forever then, young too yeah yeah later forever young was uh yeah yeah like like late later in his career yeah oh, uh, downtown train that was a good one i remember yeah that. he had tons of songs yeah yeah, yeah just so many and then he, he like did, he redid like um, a lot of songs too, like, uh, like did a cover of different songs and um, yeah, but, but they were all good. He made them all his own. Oh yeah. Hey, speaking of uh, covers, I real like, this was like way later. Uh, I don't even know. It might've been like in the nineties or something. Uh, or I, I really enjoyed uh, one of his later albums. It was actually five volumes of albums called the great American songbook. Yeah. Yeah, he went back and covered a lot of American songs from people like Frank Sinatra and all these other great American yeah. singers across yeah. time. I mean, it was really cool stuff. Yeah, it's like for a rock singer, because because like you think of him as like a rock singer, right? You know, yeah. he sang a lot of like really slow songs, a lot of like songs like you, 
you want to put on and uh, light candles and, you know, have a nice dinner or romantic, you know, like his music, that's what it is. You know, it's like, that's the kind of music. Yeah. When I hear, uh, <laughs> when I hear one of his songs, that's the first thing I want to do is go light a candle. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Well, he, I, I was watching like, um, what was the, I think it's um, Tonight's the Night. I was, that that video, he's just like singing, um, you know, like, you know, up close of his face, but it's just this, this, uh, you know, kind of sexy kind of, uh, like, I don't know, like, yeah, like this um, romantic music, you know, I don't know what else to, to call it, but yeah, yeah. Make out music. What's your number one song of his? Mm, um, I think Tonight I'm Yours. Really? Yes. I love that song. He has such a unique sound. Like Young Turks, those Tonight I'm Yours, Tonight's Night, they, they all have this, like, you know, as soon as you, you know, you hear them, it's like, in, I, I, you know, I remember all the words, you know, it's like, I, I love those songs. So, yeah. Yeah, I love, there was a lot of, like, a, he was kind of controversial back then. There was a lot of, um, remember, like, all the, like, rumors about him, and um, you remember, like, those stories about him having his stomach pumped? Do you remember that? Did you ever hear that? You never heard that? Uh, oh, gosh. Maybe. Okay. Yeah, there was, I mean, and I, and I was too young to even understand, like, you know, what you people were talking about, but, you know, they were talking about him, um, he, like th there was rumors about him and Mick Jagger. You don't know that? No, nah, I mean, I'm not a, heard it back then, but that was a long time ago. Yeah. Well, I, I, I definitely remember it, you know, but, um, but he was married to um, Alana Stewart at, at one time who was married to, um, he was married, she was married to George Hamilton too. Oh. And th then he was married to Rachel Hunter. Hmm. Now he's married to Penny Lancaster, so I don't know who she is, but uh, but I remember when he was married. To, I I remember Rachel Hunter more than anybody. Yeah. Of his wives, yeah. Because they were married like 1990 to 2006. You know who Rachel Hunter is, right? The model. Oh yeah, yeah, model. sure do. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they kind of look alike, you know, just a little bit. You know, they have the same hair, so yeah. Yeah, I can't believe he's getting that old. That's just just a shocker. He really hasn't changed that much, though. Do you know what I mean? Like his face? Yeah. He really has not changed um, a, a lot. I mean, I mean, I think if if he if he didn't have any hair, he might look completely different. But he still's got that um, shaggy, um, you know, spiky ha hairdo, even right. at seventy six. Yeah. You no. Know? Yeah. So I like them. Yeah, me too. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and then you want me, do you want me to talk about like, are you done? Do you have any more, any more, uh, any more songs? I only, uh, there's, he, he did this old heart of mine. Yeah. Rhythm of my heart. He did a lot of heart songs. See, you're in my heart. I like you're in my heart. You're in my heart is the one that I just was listening to. I had forgot about it. Um, I was thinking it was tonight, tonight. It was in your, you're in my heart. You know it? Yeah, I remember that. One. I love that song. You want song. you want to talk about that uh that farmer that bought that new truck so he could he could haul stuff he could haul his oats. Yeah, he could haul. Oh really? Wow. <laughs> he could haul his oats farmer. to the market. 
farmer. Is that Rod yeah. Stewart? The yeah. Farmer? Okay, yeah. Yeah, the cop, cop pulls him over. He's like, uh, what are you doing? He says, like, yeah. I'm hauling oats. <laughs> I'm hauling oats. Okay. Did you make that up? On the spot. An American pop rock duo formed in 1970 in Philadelphia. And that's not far from you. Philly. Nope. Nope. It's where Mary's at. Yep. Home of the so, Rocky statue that I've been right. to see. And yeah. Home of Hall and Oates. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Daryl Hall, he was he was the um, the main lead vocalist. And then John Oates, he played the electric guitar and provided the backup vocals. Um, and they and they they wrote they write um, they write a lot of their songs that they perform you know so pretty cool. Yeah, that's yeah. one of my favorite '80s bands of all time. Yeah, love them. Yeah, they they uh, the biggest the biggest time for them was the through the '70s through the '80s. Um, yeah. and they had tons of hits. Okay, like um, rich like, girl. Uh, what? Rich girl. Rich girl, kiss on my list. Yeah. Private, Private eyes. eyes. I can't go for that. Man Nothing. eater. Man eater, yep. Um, out of touch. You'll make up my dreams are come true. Uh, <laughs> yeah. that Italian song. She's gone. Sarah Smile. Um, yep. You make my dreams come true. That's what's one of my favorites. Yeah. Family Man. I love Family Man. Um, Say it isn't so. Uh, Mess with so. Modern Love. Love that. Um, I did Adult Education too. Did I say that one? No. Nope. That was um, I. That was one of my favorites. Adult Education. I love that song. I get it confused sometimes with um, "Go Stand So Close to Me." I know they're like both like about school stuff, you know. So yeah, yeah. We what, what's about the one? Is it "You Make My Dreams Go True" that has that pause in it and then it kicks back up? You know what I'm talking about? By who? By what? Which one of their songs? It has like a pause, like a dramatic pause, oh. and then then it kicks back up. You know? I, yeah. Is that I, it? I, I don't know which one. Uh, adult education no oh no oh no i don't know um can i look that up dramatic pause in, in <laughs> holland song, songs which which one is it trivia trivia if anybody knows the answer um you know what we should so when are these times we're giving something away we should actually give away like a cd or something of yeah we should do that yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, like uh, we can we can look up a. Uh, do people listen to CDs anymore? I mean, I don't even know. Do people do that? I mean, I have one in my car, you yeah. know, CD player. Do you listen to CDs? I listen on, on my trip back from Florida. I listened to a, a audio book on CD. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah. That's not the same as like listening to a CD from a, a music person though. Because I had tons of them. Like I went, you know, you went from you know, uh, eight tracks to cassettes and records to CDs. And yep. now everything's on like iTunes and, you know, um, 
I, I had an eight, eight track uh, player in my car in high school. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I remember one time I was bringing my friend home and uh, we we're out in the country on this road going to his house and just smoke started pouring from <laughs> that eight track player. Oh, no. And we pulled over <laughs> and ran down the road and, and looked back at the car with all this smoke bellowing out of it. What happened? I don't know. Well, how did you get it to stop it? It just stopped. It, it like burnt, burned up some wires and stuff. I, I, we, we got out of the car. We thought it was going to catch on fire. <laughs> yeah. But it didn't. But did you it, get it, it just smoked I mean, out. Um, were you nah, playing, were you playing up, like. Got a cassette uh, player. Was it, were you playing the song Smoke on the Water? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah. Um, oh, okay. So then you never played another um, A-track tape ever again after that? Nope. Got my cassette. That was the end? Okay. Did you trade the car in right then and there? Like the next no, day? but I wish I still had that car. It was a 70, yeah. 73 Mercury Comet. Oh. Yeah. Oh, bummer. Yeah. Um, did you have anything you wanted to talk about, about the, uh, about the hollow notes? You know, they, they, I just they want were... to say that oats reminds me of like a, a, a midget Lionel Richie. <laughs> <laughs> like if you're shrinking yeah. down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, if he was a shrinky dink. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I saw him on, uh, we, we talked about before on uh, the Goldbergs. Yeah. He was on an episode of it. They, they were having a, uh, a costume contest or something at school. And uh, the, the two, two kids showed up. They were both dressed like oats. And he said, we're supposed to be hauling oats, not oats and oats. Oh. And the, the janitor turns around and it's oats. And he says something to oh. him. Yeah, about how, you know, it doesn't sound too bad to me, kids, or something. I yeah. forgot what he said, but well, but yeah, it was him. He was always known for his mustache, but now when you see him, he doesn't have the mustache. Older. He got rid of yeah. he ditched the mustache. I like him better with the mustache. He looks taller too. He must he must he stretch a lot. Mustache. Yeah. He, he looks taller now, or yeah. he looks taller now that he got rid of the mustache. Looks taller. His mustache now. was weighing him down. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah like Wilford Brimley. He gained a couple inches, you know. On a, you know, because the, the, the weight of that, just, yeah. Yeah, well, in August of 2018, it, um, it, it like on a 60th anniversary celebration for Billboard's Hot 100, they ranked it 18. Um, his mustache? The, uh, the hot, t- no, it's not his mustache. Um, <laughs> uh, the, on the top 100 artists of all time. That's what we were to rate mustaches from the 70s and 80s. <laughs> you want to see uh, we, we could put Oats up against Tom Selleck, up against Wilfred yeah. Brimley, you know. Well, yeah. we ought to come up with like a little little uh, poll. Go ahead, do it on the the Pop Ninja page. Yeah, do the must, it, do mustache. It, like, I don't know how you do that when you rank ranking it. Who had the best mustache? Yeah, mm, yeah. Who else had mustache? <laughs> who else had a mustache? I, I, you B. Know. Arthur. <laughs> B. Arthur. <gasps> oh, oh my poor B. I love her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. Um, yeah, I love them. I have their songs in my jukebox. They, they were great. They were great in concert. Um, I saw them at the Bryce Jordan Center in State College years ago. I took Jordan. He was a teenager. Yeah, that's the, that's the concert that I almost like uh, beat up the people in the back that were, came in and, and the seat behind me because we had nobody there. And I was thinking, this is great. Nobody in the seat behind us because I always, it doesn't matter if it's a concert or if it's a movie theater. Some, I, I, I start out with nobody behind me and it doesn't matter if it's like halfway into whatever's going on. Somebody shows up and, and sits behind me and kicks me in the back of the seat every time, you know? 
and I, I, I you know, and that night, um, these kids uh, showed up drunk and they were kicking my kid and I almost jerked them out of their seat, you know, but the, uh, I guess the, um, one of the ushers came in and threw them out before I had the chance. So, yeah. But I, that's the one thing I remember from that, that concert, because it was just like, you know, we were having such a good time and then people come along and then you think, well, are you even a fan of these people? Because why are you here? You know, yeah. you just come to ruin it. But when, that, <laughs> you know? when that usher came in there, did you say, book them, Dano? Yeah. Yeah. Get, get it? Book, get, book? Book. Book. Book them. Book them. I get it. Okay. You want to talk about a book? Books. Book. Yes. Oh, books from the 70s. Yeah. Like a some, 70s, uh, like children's 70s books. kick. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about some children's books from the seventies, and and first of all, I want to talk about a main my mainstream favorite is "Where the Wild Things Are" by Maurice Maurice Sendak. Yeah, you know what? You didn't tell me the name of the books that you were going to talk about, so uh, I'm just like. But uh, you remember that yeah. one, huh? Oh, uh, what? Where the wild things are? Where the wild things are? Is that where they made that movie with that thing with the the bushy? Yeah, I think they did make a movie. I didn't see it. Yeah. Oh, okay. I heard of the movie. Oh, I loved that book so much as a kid. I even bought a uh, a new copy about ten years ago and reread it. And uh, at one time, I had it displayed on a a shelf on one of those uh, plate stands. You know, I put my book on it, and uh, and next to it. I had an incredible Hulk comic book cover displayed that, that had the same, it had that the Hulk drawn in that same style of art from the book. Mm-hmm. And anyway, it was so cool. Uh, but back in the, the mid nineties, uh, when I, ha- I had my own uh, TV channel, remember I told you about that? Yeah. Yeah. My own channel in Southwest Louisiana, I made a series on it called kid stuff. It, it was kind of like romper room, you know, when you say you had a TV channel, was it like filmed? Like you filmed stuff on a channel? Yes. Put my own stuff on it. Yeah, on the channel. Like, uh, I can't even imagine that. It went to three different uh, cities in Louisiana. And, uh, but I'd film different stuff. But but on this one, I made a kid's show called Kid Stuff that I'd make an episode every week. And I did this. You had actual live people on there? Yeah. But this was, this was my job. I was self employed. I had my TV station. But, uh, But I filmed different sec- segments uh, of things and put it together in each episode. Like uh, I'd have a librarian reading a book, you know, to kids. I, I'd have like puppet shows, uh, stuff like that on there. But but anywho, uh, that's really cool. On one of my episodes, I featured a librarian reading that book, you know, where the wild yeah. things are to a group of kids, and uh, I filmed it and I added music and uh, I added motion to the pictures, you know, like I'd pan across the pictures and. It cut back and forth, and uh, it came out really good. And uh, we had to write and get permission to use it from the, uh, I guess, the publisher or whatever, the company, but uh, to use the artwork and stuff on the, on the uh, TV, you know. But they gave mm-hmm. us a green light, and uh, I filmed it. But, That's uh, cool. Yeah, but that was my, my favorite kid's book growing up of a mainstream book, okay? I, now I want to tell you about another children's book, very dear to my heart, and um, – it was more of a regional book, uh, but the author did self-publish and he sold many of thousands of copies all over the country. So, uh, but it, it was more like known regionally here. Yeah. But people around the country would know of it because he sold, you know, all those thousands of copies. They went somewhere. So somebody knows. I have about a it. feeling I know what's coming. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> but it, it's called uh, The Adventures of Crawfish Man. Yeah, that's what's coming. Yeah, and it's about a uh, a fisherman 
who could transform into a superhero that looks like a crawfish humanoid kind of person, complete uh-huh. uh, pinchers and a tail. And uh, anyway, it was super cool. And uh, he could communicate with the animals of the swamp and he would fight like uh, poachers and swamp monsters and stuff. Uh, it was real like an environmental type thing, you know, but, uh, but he, he was sort of like Batman, but instead of a, a Batmobile, he had a, a airboat that he would go around the swamp in and uh, he didn't wear a costume. Uh, he would actually transform kind of like the Hulk or uh, you know how Shazam, he hollers Shazam. He becomes a different. Yeah. Person. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, this guy, he would gather up a bunch of Spanish moss from a tree <laughs> and, and he would say uh, Spanish moss in my hand, turn me into crawfish man. <laughs> really? It would be like uh lightning and uh he would be encrusted, kind of like in a cocoon thing, and then he would uh, break out of the cocoon as Crawfish Man. And did you go around sticking Spanish moss on your head? So All you the time. Did you really? I, I had the feeling that you had to have. Yeah. Yeah, but I used to play like I was his character. But uh, but he made several books in the series, and uh, the guy's name is Tim. I'm not going to say his last name because uh, he doesn't use his name anymore because he wants to be a mystery author. Oh, and uh, so he so he stopped using his name. And well, he what's just, his mystery name? He calls himself the Louisiana Crawfish Man, and, and that's how he'll oh. sign books and everything. He doesn't use his oh. name, but uh, but he he won't allow people to take his picture, and he won't sign really his real name. He yeah. wants to be incognito. Yeah, and, and he said the reasoning is when he dies, he wants his kids or grandkids to be able to continue writing as if the author never died. You know for hundreds oh. of years you know do they want to do they i don't know <laughs> oh well um you know you you brought the the uh, all the different uh, spices here from his yeah line of- yeah i was gonna say i've actually become uh, great f- friends with him now over the years and uh i'm slowly working on this documentary film about the character and the books and uh and he turned crawfish man into a food company which you're talking about uh yeah making these boxes of like mixes for gumbos jambalaya etouffee just yeah. all we kind of jambalaya a couple nights ago Did was you it good yep it was really good it was hot you know and, and he's made a ton of money from all this stuff you know i liked it i mean he, yeah. he's made so much he, he built him a really nice house on a bayou and uh just living living sure a good life or how you eat all that stuff all the time though because i think it would tear a hole through my stomach but uh, um it was hot i mean it, but it was good and then we um I made like some uh, like home fries like on the side, and then I kind of mixed it together with the potatoes and the and the rice, and then I put kielbasa in it, and and the spices. It was really good. We liked it. We ate it all. It yeah, yeah. If anybody's interested in, in finding this stuff, he's got an online store. It's called uh, j- just Google Louisiana Crawfish Man, and you'll find his products. You can order them. Yeah, I did the jambalaya because it was it had the rice in it. The other stuff was like the etouffee and that. That's like a sauce, right? That you put over top of stuff, right? Yeah, usually etouffee sauce. has like shrimp or crawfish or something in it. Yeah, like you mix it in with stuff, but and you, and you serve it over rice. Yeah, it's like a thick, uh, kind of almost a thick gravy. But, yeah, but it's a uh, it's lighter in color. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. good. I know. It's I never good. had it. It's real never buttery. <laughs> oh, mm. yeah, I like butter. Okay. Well, that is that all your books you're talking about? Yeah, just those two. Those are my favorite. Yeah, I didn't know that that's what you were going to talk about. So that's cool. Yeah. Well, my two books 
there, you know, I was glad he brought this up because, um, and you know what is really weird. I, if I'd have known that you were going to uh, say that whole thing about, um, uh, uh, you know, like the kids and the, you know, um, and all that, like I, and what you were, something that you were saying was reminding me of, um, the, the one book that, that I got not too long ago, but it wasn't one I was planning on talking about was that those old black witch books. And then the family that did them and they were like from the sixties, maybe into the seventies. And then they made a movie about it, but I might save that and talk about that. It's uh, like Halloween, you know, cause it You've was, already, you already talked about it like twice. Uh -uh, I yeah. did not. When, when, you, when your mom dressed up and hid in the other room, yeah, I didn't talk about it on the podcast. Yeah. Did yeah. What podcast? Uh, it, was, it was earlier, like when we first started, first season. I thought I just told you. No, it's on the podcast. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, because I'd have put, I, I did, yeah, because like I, if I would have put like, um, I'd have talked about the book itself, I would have had, there would have been a picture of the book. I think I told you. Personally. No, it's on the podcast. Are you sure? Yeah. I'll bet you. Well, you would bet me. No, yeah, I'll bet you. It's on there. Okay. You're, okay, you find it. Show it, tell me, because I may have mentioned it, but we didn't like discuss it as a subject. I don't think. No, yeah, we did. We discussed we, it. We we discussed it, but probably not like um, I probably went off into a, a different dimension. Well, go it. ahead. Let's refresh. <laughs> refresh everybody's memory. No, I'm not going to talk about that. But it, oh. your thing with the crawfish man made me think of the the old black witch thing. You oh. know, and there was something that you had said, and now I can't even remember what it was. There, there was a witch in. Uh, I, I got to talk about that, but yeah, there was a witch in uh, crawfish man, a swamp. Was there? A her, swamp name was, witch? her name is Fat Patat. Fat what? Fat patat. Patat? Patat. Like a potato? Yeah, fat patat. A, pat a patat, a potato? You say patat, I say potato. Okay. Yeah, okay. Okay, uh, yeah, no, okay. And they, they called her fat? Hmm, not politically or whatever correct anymore to say fat. Not. The pop, if you if you're fat, the pot, the, uh, the pot. <laughs> The the patat the patat police the, the political police are gonna come after you if you're fat. The patat police will come get you. Yeah. And then you'll have to call crawfish man to come dig you out. Yeah. So what talk, tell me about your uh, your book. Okay, I'm curious my now. Book, my books, I don't know if I told you what I think I told you what they were, but I'm gonna talk about okay. First I'm gonna talk about the boxcar children because that was my favorite book from when I was a kid. And I had looked for it like everywhere. I had like uh, looked anytime I went into like a used bookstore and then I would talk about it like the people and then doing the bed and breakfast I ended up having a lady that actually stayed here who owned an old a used bookstore and she said I know I have a copy of that and she sent me an original copy of that book in the mail and like some, a couple of years ago I sat out on my balcony and I, I read that book again and it, it like took me back like to being a kid you know because I, I I could relate to that and that is like something that because you know, I grew up next to a railroad track too. And, you know, I, I found out that um, the lady that wrote these, these series of books, um, her name is Gertrude Chandler Warner. Um, she, she did them based on growing up near a railroad track. So she must've played, you know, with on the trains and stuff, but, but I didn't, I never knew. I think her, her brothers were famous. Warners. Warner yeah. Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, so I only knew the original book, okay, which it was originally published in 1924 by Ram McNally uh, as the Boxcar Children, and then it was reissued in a shorter version in 1942 
Um, but it tells the story of these four orphan kids. And I don't think you ever like find out what, what happened to their parents. Um, I think they may, I, I know there's something to do with their grandpa. They may have been living with him in the beginning and they run away and they, they find this old boxcar in the woods and they live in the boxcar. And the kids are Henry, Jesse, Violet, and Benny. And I think Henry, Henry, he's like about 14. I think Jesse's 12, Violet's like 10 years old and Benny's somewhere around like six or seven years old. And they create this home for themselves in this abandoned boxcar in the forest. And, and I, I just love it. It's kind of they go off to like the junkyard and they find like some old dishes like and some silverware. And then like Henry, he gets like some jobs like cutting grass for people and make, get some money. And, and um, they get like, and, and they, they pick some blueberries in the woods and eat them for breakfast. And he gets them a loaf of bread. And the, Jesse, the older uh, sister kind of acts like the mother like figure to the younger ones in it. And I just think it's like this sweet like story. And they end up with a dog um, in it too. Um, I think it gets away from this um, older lady and it comes to stay with them and, and they name it the dog Watch because um, he, he acted like a watchdog and kind of watched over them. Yeah, and um, they, their last name is Alden. I don't know if I said that yet, but um, it, 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 they, they kind of went into like a, a whole series of books like later. Um, and, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't, it, it kind of took on a, a whole, uh, like, almost like Nancy Jewish mystery kind of, like, yeah, kind of right. thing to it, story to it. But I didn't read those. And I feel like I should, because I think I would like them, even as an adult, I think I would like them. But, you know, I, I, I know they had a, a real appeal to kids because of the way that they were written. They were written, like, with, um, like, language that kids could read. It was very simplistic, you know, and uh, I guess, I guess uh, people gave the author a lot of uh, a flack, you know, over it because they 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 said um, that that this story gave um, like librarians thought that the children were having too good a time without any parental control. But that's exactly why kids like to read it. So that's the whole point, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, I just I, I I really I I really I really love that story. So and my other book is not one that you were gonna um, ever probably have read. It has probably no, uh, no uh, appeal to a, a, a guy. <laughs> and that's the uh, book, Are You There, God? It's me, Margaret. Um, yes, Lisa, <laughs> I am here. What can I do for you? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I read this book a billion times like as a, a teenager, because, you know, I, I think it's, it, it was it was about a young girl and um, named Margaret and she was like 11 going on 12 in in the book which is about right around the time that I read the book um, and it was by Judy Bloom who wrote a ton of books back then you, you remember like Judy Bloom books yeah Lubber yeah you know, like those books yeah so um, but you know I hadn't I haven't read this book in a long long time and. When I was like kind of like getting some information like about it, I had forgot that the whole like main backstory of this book is, is based about religion, you know, and her whole, um, she's kind of like torn between like because her mother's a Christian and her father is Jewish. So she's kind of raised out with no affiliation on either religion. And so she does not practice organized religion. Um, but she frequently prays to God, like in her own, own words, and she starts everything. And, and I think it's kind of like almost like she's writing like almost like a diary through this. But, you know, it's 
it's got a, a backstory too of her her and her friends and it's kind of like the age that they're at and the, and you know getting their periods and get doing getting wearing a bra and and kissing boys and playing like two minutes in the closet and like all these things that you know kids at that age like were you know go through you know and I I guess I could relate because I was like the same age and uh I like that thing there was like these four girls um one was Nancy one was Gretchen one was Janie they kind of had a secret club that they were in and um it was all about like who was going to kiss a boy first you know who who you know uh, you know, all, you know, all these things that girls go through. And I'm sure that you would have not one ounce of um, interest in it. <laughs> so, so, yeah, but I loved it. And I kept keep thinking I heard like them talking about making it into a, a movie, you know, but I don't know what ever become of that. You know, it's like a few years ago I heard about it. And then I think, uh, you know, it oh, you, did, you didn't see it. No. Star the rock. <laughs> what? It starred The Rock. Why? Why are you saying that? He's in everything now. Oh, okay. He's in, he, he was, he played, and, uh, and that sounds like a movie just made Simmons. for him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Rock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are you there? It's me, The Rock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I said her actual name was Margaret Simmons. That was, Simmons was her last name. And and she moves from New York City to Fairbrook, New Jersey and in the in the movie. and Or in the movie, in the, in the book. Not used to talking about books. So, yeah, and it's just a, it's just a, it's a good uh, coming of age, you know, girls book. Hmm. So that's it. Those are my two favorite books of the seventies, totally. Cool. Yeah, I yeah. think The Rock's going to be in that that other book series too. In the, the <laughs> yeah. it's called The Rock Car Children. Old Black Witch. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The Ro The Rock Car Children. Is yeah. That what you said? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That. That sounds about right. Yeah. Type, he, he's getting old too, you know? So like, uh, you know, I don't know. They, they got him in the, the Jungle Cruise coming out. Yeah. You know, Black Adam. Yeah. That's true. Sure. Yeah. Boxcar Children. Yeah. Sounds like, sounds, sounds like a good one. Yep. They should make the Boxcar Children into a movie. I think they made a made for TV. They might have made a TV for, I can't talk. A made for TV movie. <laughs> uh but I don't think it, I don't know um, who would have been in it and stuff. But they end up getting back with their grandpa in in the series. Like uh, maybe at the end of the book they do too. He's really wealthy, but he brings their a box car onto the property and uses it as like a playhouse for them. So that's kind of he's. I mean, I think in the beginning they didn't think he was very very nice, you know. But they come to 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 like him, you know. And it has like some you know other characters in it. You know, this one doctor. That's in it. He's the one. That, um, I think somebody, one of the, the little kids, gets sick and they have to take him to the doctor. And I think they it, maybe they bring him to the box bar to check on. Um, I think it's Benny. And uh, he, he, I think he must be the one that like contacts the grandpa that to get them out of there, you know. But I just always liked it because I always thought, you know, I could do that. I could like live in a box car and eat blueberries and and go to the junkyard and and, and find find uh, find everything I needed, you know. I mean, if you have shelter and you have food, what else do you need? You know, they, get, they take a bath in the creek, you know, it's like they get water from the creek. The boxcar was, I don't know how it got to where it got to in the woods, but it was right along the creek, you know, and uh, I think they made like little beds out of like leaves and stuff and, and uh, pine needles and, you know, you know, dead pine needles or something like that. And, 
um you know yeah they, she you know she made a, she made a little broom out of like some tree branches so she could sweep the box car out and I just always like you know how you were always like recreating these um you know these people and 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 what Billy Ray says that's that you invented cosplaying before yeah it, it was a thing you know I that was like one of those things that I I would pretend I was one of the box car children when I was a kid you know yeah I could have done that you know maybe I should maybe that's a good idea now like you think about it like they make all these houses out of pods now like shipping pods yeah it's like you know it's like the up up uh like the um a newer ver updated version of a of living in a box bar <laughs> you know really they make swimming pools out of them and they made the they made the local drive-in you know theater out of three of them they stacked yeah. uh did, I, did i tell you that did i show you yeah. that yeah, yeah they, they made a drive-in yeah yeah cool so you can do all kinds of stuff now so anyway that's my my take on it now you know i i wasn't I, um thinking like what what we're going to give away like on this yeah what you want to give away um when I get, do, do you think that anybody would want a cd i don't know okay uh do you think they'd want a rod stewart greatest hit cd i don't know Okay, well, tonight's the night <laughs> that they might be able to, to get one. So let's let's try something different, okay? Okay. Um, let's try giving away, um, you know, a Rod Stewart Greatest Hits um, CD. And um, let's do the code word be Maggie May. Be what? Maggie May. Oh, Maggie May, okay. Maggie May. There you <laughs> yeah. go. His song that you said was the song that you remember the most. Yeah, right. I like Maggie May. Maggie May. So send us the, the code Maggie May, and you may get a prize. All right. Well, we yeah. want to thank everybody for listening. As we talked about, you know, these movies and TV shows and and music and books and that, and uh, get on get on Facebook and interact with us. Let us know what you like back then, and uh, leave pictures, whatever you got, and we'll talk to you about it. But we want to thank you again for listening and we want you to tell your friends about us. And uh, if you have any ideas for upcoming episodes, hit us up on Facebook. Let us know what you, what you, uh, what you got cooking in your brain and we might do it. So oh, as some we, gumbo. Yeah, some gumbo. Cooking up your gumbo. <laughs> so okay. until next uh, Wednesday, we're going to sign off. And as I sign off, I'm going to leave you with this final thought.
he's free as the breeze, he's always at ease. He lives in the jungle and hangs by his knees as he swings through the trees without a trapeze in his DVD. <laughs> he's got a union card and he's practicing hard to play the guitar. Gonna be a big star, yeah, he's gonna go far and carry moonbeams home in a jar. He ordered chips, guitar core, COD, makes A and E, and he's working on B and Dig, C and W and R and B, and me and the chimpanzee agree that one day soon he'll be a celebrity. Get it, get it, get it, get it out, guitar's in. He's a guitar man. 